Even on a budget, quality is non-negotiable. That's why Quince is the place to score high-end essentials at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Get your hands on buttery soft cashmere sweaters from just 60 bucks, Italian leather jackets, and so much more. And the best part about Quince, they exclusively partner with factories committed to safe, ethical and responsible manufacturing. Elevate your style without the elevated price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com/upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns. Welcome friends to another r/entitled parents video. Now I'm definitely not entitled to it, but could you hit the like and subscribe buttons down below? That said, our first story of the day is by Cool Girl 420. Did be dad suddenly claims he's an involved parent. Had a sibling recently go through a 5150? My dad was informed he has no legal custody or any custody. Rushed to the mental hospital to try to get sibling pulled out, claimed he had 50/50 custody. I called up mom to tell her to leave it clear to the staff that he has absolutely no custody. Calls me to complain and thinks we're hiding something. Swears by God's law that he's a parent and has rights over medical and personal decisions. Later switched it to say that because he barely started paying child support that he has custody. Later switched it that the judge gave him a paper saying despite my mom having full custody, she has to alert him during medical emergencies. She has a restraining order against him. Later switched it to say it wasn't my mom's fault, but it was her fault because her restraining order against him is what caused the drift in the first place. Claims my mom is making things worse for not removing the restraining order. Considering the sheer amount of mood swings and switches and changes in the story from the dad, would you agree that a restraining order seems like the right thing to have? Or do you think this is a dad that just anxiously wants to be with his kids? Let me know in the comments down below. Our next story is by Nakami Faro. Centrifugal force against entitled mother and entitled kid. I was reading a post from someone who'd been yelled at for not letting their little cousins play with skewers as swords, and it reminded me of a story from a long time ago. When I was a girl, eight years old, there was a park in my neighborhood where all the neighborhood kids went. There were swings, slides, and a large world ball-like construction in the center where you climbed, hung, and then spun. We took turns spinning the ball. At that time, more than 40 years ago, the security measures were not like now. I mean, the slides were made of metal. In the summer, you burned. The ground was dirt covered with gravel and so on. There were many mothers who watched over us, although not getting hurt depended a lot on our basic common sense. Basically, the older ones took care of the little ones. One of the mothers and her daughter were highly entitled. The girl was very aggressive and spoiled, and the mother never corrected her. One day, the girl was on the darn ball. We told her to hold on tight herself well, but she didn't pay attention, so since it was my turn, I was spinning the ball very slowly. The girl started screaming faster, faster, but I refused, so she yelled at her mother. She got up and started yelling at me I was lazy and to push faster, ignoring my concerns about her daughter's safety until I said, "Okay, ma'am, your orders," and pushed as hard as I could, and surprise, The centrifugal force acted. Less than 2 seconds later, the girl flew off the darn ball and fell face first into the gravel with a lollipop in her mouth. She had blood and gravel stones stuck all over her face, hands and legs. She lost 3 front teeth, baby teeth luckily I think, and the lollipop stuck in her uvula. Is it called that? And almost tore it off. And the best moment was my petty 8-year-old self saying very loudly to the mother in front of the EMTs, I told you ma'am, but you insisted. And no, I was never punished for it, even though my mother told me I could have avoided the last part of I told you. 
My father high-fived me when she told him. I love the visual of the mom being like, well, you didn't have to say that at the end. And the father just like, that's my girl. It kind of reminds me of a scene from the first Incredibles movie where they're talking about how the son got in trouble. The mom was talking about the trouble they got into while going super speed. And the dad just kept focusing on how fast they were going and how quick they were and how nobody could see them because they were going so quickly. In the end, the mom's just disappointed that the father's just focused on how fast the kid was going. Our next story is by Irrevalent Quantity, entitled Mother Leaves Baby in Pram, Expects Worker to Look After It. I worked for a couple of years at a major historic tourist attraction in London. It was good fun, and I immensely enjoyed it, although things could sometimes be manic busy, and although most customers were friendly, some could be somewhat unpleasant. Same as anywhere, really. It also had some attractions for children. And while manning these, I came to learn just how entitled and irresponsible some parents can truly be. One of the features in the gardens is a maze. It's not particularly for children, although they can go in if they want and a lot of them like it. Parents can take push chairs in if they want, although the staff have the right to make the parents leave push chairs, strollers for Americans, outside, if it gets very busy inside. That day was a hot summer Saturday and had been very busy. However, by the mid-afternoon, through flow had thinned out a bit and I was manning the maze on my own as I'd done before. I still had three or four groups coming through every minute and I'd taken the decision to ask parents to leave their push cars outside the maze. A lady not particularly Karen-esque, but young and reeking of cheap perfume and entitlement, stalked up to me with her ticket and a baby in a push chair. I scanned her ticket, but politely told her that she needed to leave her push chair outside. She huffed at me and put her push chair in a line with all the others. Meanwhile, another group of tourists had come up and I was busy scanning their tickets. I paid a little attention to the lady as she walked past. However, as I rapidly scanned through all the new tourists, I glanced at her push chair and realized the baby was still inside. I quickly ran into the maze and after only a few seconds, I saw the lady. She saw me and hissed angrily, and this is an approximation of the ensuing interaction. She said, what are you doing here? I left my baby out there with you. I say, I know, and you're not allowed to do that. You'll have to come out and take the baby in with you. She says, but can't you look after him? My duties in the maze included scanning tickets, selling tickets, advising visitors, and managing the many groups of unruly French, German, and Spanish teenagers on language exchanges. My duties did not include looking after smelly babies. I say, madam, I'm here to look after the maze. I'm not here to perform babysitting services for you. I have to walk around quite a bit and I can't spend all my time looking after your baby. Children, including babies, are allowed in the maze, but not push chairs. I'm afraid you'll either have to take the baby with you or leave the maze. It's the first break from him I've had all day, she whined. Nonetheless, if you won't come and get your baby, who had been unattended for more than a minute now, I'm going to call security, I said bringing my radio up to my mouth and hovering my finger over the send button. Also, you don't know me. How do you know I'm not some old child predator you've left your kid with? Just to be clear, I'm not a child predator. She had no answer. Now, are you going to get your baby or do I have to call security? I asked. She snorted and angrily marched out of the maze and grabbed the baby, who luckily was still there. In hindsight, I should have just called security and let them deal with it and not let the baby out of my sight, regardless of what a witch's mother was, but all was well that ended well. She ended up taking the baby around the maze, and about 20 minutes later, she came to get the now-empty pushchair. The look of pure hate she gave me would have alarmed the rock, but luckily off she went, 
and I was not troubled by her again. You're supposed to always want customers to come back again, but there are some exceptions. She was definitely one of them. I'm sorry, but if there's ever a parent that just leaves their kid in a stroller with a ticket taker person, they're like asking to be reported to Child Protective Services. I don't know how you can be so irresponsible as a parent. I would never imagine leaving my kid in a stroller just sitting there while I go into whatever maze. That's just kind of mind-boggling. And our final story of the day is by RacerGirl35G, How Dare Anyone But Me Cry. Hey all, not sure if this is fully entitled or just uncaring, but after six years, I just need to get it off my chest. Also, fair warning, I'm sorry for the long post. At the time of this drama, I was 18 or 19 and currently living in an apartment with my mom, entitled mother, and my sister, entitled sister. Entitled mom was big into church. She would take Entitled Sister there every Sunday and would try to force me to go as well. I'd never felt comfortable at her church and avoided it as much as possible. At the church, my mom found a family who was in need of help caring for a paralyzed woman overnight. My mom started going a couple nights a week at first and then eventually had pushed me into working 5-6 to nights a week from 5pm to 8am for about 30 a night. I didn't mind hanging out with the lady overnight. She was funny and I learned how to communicate with her pretty fast. She would use a letter board and move her eyes up and down to work with someone to spell out words. Pretty soon, this lady and I were friends. We would laugh and watch TV together. She'd tell me about her day and I'd make sure she was hydrated and her tubes were clear. I never complained because I knew the money was needed for rent, but it would be nice to point out that while I was working there five to six nights a week, and covering whenever Entitled Mother didn't want to go, she always made sure to be there when the lady's daughter came to pay us. In the time I worked with this lady, I was maybe able to use a couple hundred for myself. But back to the main point here. Around Christmas of 2015, the lady got sick. She ended up in the hospital for over a month with pneumonia. No one really knew if she would make it out, but just after the new year, she was discharged and back home and I was back sitting with her most nights. I'm sorry if I go into it too much because it's not a pleasant memory, but one of my overnights with the lady, I'd curled up in the chair next to her bed and fell asleep watching TV with her. This was a normal thing and part of why the daughter paid 30 a night. I was supposed to go sleep in a private room upstairs and just get ready for the PSWs in the morning. I would never sleep in the private room because I didn't want to leave her alone. I remember that night she had practically begged me to go sleep upstairs because she felt bad for me being in the chair all the time, and I refused saying I wasn't comfortable leaving her alone. I'm sure at this point you know where the story goes. I checked on her at 6.30am after a quiet night and she was non-responsive. I wish I could say it better, but I still can't bring myself to say the words. The morning seemed normal at first, and I thought she was just still sleeping. But when I couldn't flush her tube and she wasn't responding to touch or anything, I ran and called 911. They had me perform CPR on her until someone could get out. It took a bit for firefighters or anyone to get there because of a large snowfall the night before. In total, I think it was about 30 minutes before they were able to get to us. I remember crying on the phone while counting the compressions and telling the operator I didn't think I could keep going before the firefighters came in. They hooked her up to a monitor and coded her right there. They brought me out of the main room and closed the curtains so I couldn't touch her anymore until police came and everyone were able to check. They sat me down and that's when the police came in. 
The officer came to me and had me give my statement and brought me over to the kitchen, asking if I had any way to contact her family. I really don't know why, but he told me to call her family and tell them. I tried every number I had before I ended up reaching her brother, and I told him his sister was gone. He got a hold of her daughter and they came right over. The officer offered me counseling that I declined. I couldn't bring myself to accept any help. Not while her daughter was there screaming for her mom. I blame myself for it. I still do. The coroner's report shows her lungs gave out because of the damage caused by pneumonia. They keep telling me there was nothing I'd be able to do, but I was right there. How could I have not helped if I was there? The personal support worker who showed up hugged me and drove me home. She called Entitled Mother, and her Entitled Sister and Entitled Sister's boyfriend were outside waiting for me. Entitled Mother hugged me and they brought me inside. I was a mess. I was crying and really just wanted my mom to hold me and let me grieve. I love this lady, and losing her crushed me. Here's where the Entitled piece comes in. I know I'm sorry for the long intro to it. After about 5 minutes of being home and crying, Entitled Sister starts pulling a fit. She starts getting annoyed that her boyfriend and Entitled Mother are being nice to me and trying to help me. She goes off about how no one was trying to help her with her PTSD about walking past the vehicle accident scene on her way home from school the following year. She was walking home and walked past a scene where a dump truck had hit a man and killed him. She saw the tarp on the ground that was covering the dead body. I don't want to belittle her trauma from this, but... Honestly, I was shocked when she was coming at me about being upset. We got in a fight where she kept talking about how it isn't fair for me to be helped when she wasn't. I yelled that I wouldn't have her negating the fact that this lady had died and that it had hurt. Entitled Mother took my sister's side and ended up telling me to get over it and stop crying because she didn't want Entitled Sister to be upset. I messaged my aunt asking if she needed any more help with my grandmother who'd recently fallen down the stairs and moved out. So you definitely have to feel bad for OP in this situation. It was really quite a touching story too because you could really tell in OP's writing how much they genuinely cared for this lady. I think personally what sucks the most is the fact that when they got home they were getting comforted and Entitled Mother was going to let them grieve and hold them and then Entitled Sister has to go and act up and get all jealous and put their needs before everybody else's in the moment And that somehow makes Entitled Mother realize, oh yes, I like this person more. Drop the whole situation, say basically get over it. It went from a really good touching moment to just kind of a disgusting one. My condolences to OP and thank you to OP for sharing this story with us. But with that being said, that's all the time we have for today. So of all these stories I've read today, which is your favorite and why? Let me know in the comments down below. And if you haven't yet, if you could like and subscribe, that would mean a lot to me. Whatever you do, whether it's liking, subscribing, turning notifications on, all of it helps grow this channel and I appreciate the heck out of it. So until next time, I'll see you all tomorrow with some more stories. When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no-brainers. And if you have a lot of mailing to do, Stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. It streamlines your processes to make your business more efficient, which makes you less busy. Mail checks, invoices, legal documents, and everything you need to keep your business running with Stamps.com. Seamlessly connect with every major marketplace and shopping cart. Schedule package pickups and see your cheapest and fastest shipping options from different carriers. With rates up to 89% off USPS and UPS rates. And with the Stamps.com mobile app. 
you can take care of mailing and shipping wherever you are. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Sign up with Code Program for a four-week trial, plus free postage and a free digital scale. No long-term commitments or contracts. That's Stamps.com. Code Program.